A farmer's time is valuable. That's why Blaine's Farm and Fleet has made shopping for your must-haves quick and easy. Simply order online at farmandfleet.com and pick up your items in just one hour in their convenient drive-thru. Or try Farm and Fleet's same-day local delivery option. This is the Midwest Farm Report. From field to fork and everything in between is why the kids from Wisconsin say it's a great way to start your day. Good morning. I'm Stephanie Hoff filling in for Farm Director Pam Yankee. Thanks for taking along with me on a Monday. We're almost to a full moon and early this morning it really lit up the sky to show just a few clouds while those clouds will become fuller as the day moves forward bringing with them a slight chance for rain showers. And that'll be the introduction to thunderstorms forecasted for this week. Ag meteorologist Stu Muck will be with us shortly for details on storm action. Here's some excitement. We're giving away family four packs of one-day passes to the Midwest Horse Fair on April 14th, 15th, and 16th. All you have to do is text me your address, and I'll send them to you. Text your address to our talk text line at 877-301-FARM. That's 877-301-3276. The first 10 people to text me their address will get four one-day complimentary passes to the Midwest Horse Fair. Again, that number is 877-301-3276. Stick around because the northern end of the world's longest barn has what you didn't know and what you need to know about your farm finances leading up to tax day. Rural Mutual Insurance Keeping Wisconsin strong You may know Rural Mutual Insurance as the number one farm insurer. But did you know they also offer competitive home, auto, business, and life insurance? They make it convenient to bundle your insurance while saving you time and money. Visit RuralMutual.com to learn more. Rural Mutual Insurance, keeping Wisconsin strong. This time of the year, the end of March, first part of April, you better know your finances. Yeah, it's getting to be tax time. Bob Bosel here at the northern end of the world's longest barn. And while this is an important time for the average man and woman to know their finances all year long, dairy farmers to need to know their finances. But how sharp are most dairy farmers about knowing their finances? Gary Saporsky past president of the Citizen State Bank and Loyal, very active in Vita Plus and very active visiting with farmers and teaching farmers around the country. And now that he's retired from all those other activities, he's doing it on a regular basis with the professional dairy producers of Wisconsin. We asked Gary about that financial literacy training for dairy farmers. He said he's doing it on a pretty regular basis, but he's not doing it alone. Now, Dr. Kevin Bernhardt and I, Kevin's out of Platteville. Uh, it's all the way from November until uh, the end of March that we have sessions, two sessions every month, and actually two additional sessions this month where we help dairy producers understand their financials. So more than just balancing the checkbook. Oh my, it's uh, way beyond that. Uh, we start out with the balance sheet, understanding that. We then go to the uh, accrual adjusted cash flows. We look at projections. We look at ratios and help dairy producers understand that. And the neat thing about it is, is that these dairy producers will uh, go home with their homework and they take the examples that we share in a two-day session, for instance, with balance sheets. They go home and then they have to do their own. And they come back in about three weeks and then we talk about uh, what types of things that they saw and uh, surprised them. 
What are some of the misconceptions or biggest challenges dairy farmers face in understanding that balance sheet? Well, I think it's just a matter of uh, taking the time to do it. Uh, dairy producers are so involved in taking care of the cattle, and they not have to. They definitely have to. And also taking care of the crops, because obviously that's important as well. So it's, it's a matter of sitting down. So many of them rely on the accountant and, and maybe a bookkeeper that they have, but the dairy producer really needs to understand that because that's really the foundation of every farm, knowing where those assets and liabilities lie. So as you start out, what do you assume they know or they don't know? Because I'm sure you get young dairymen as well as veteran dairymen taking some of these classes that you offer. Yeah, we've had all, all different age groups come. They just really en enjoy uh, you seeing the example that uh, Dr. Bernhardt and I talk about and, and just what the different parts of the balance sheet are, the current assets, the current liabilities, which is working capital. And boy, it's extremely important a year like this when we have such volatility going on, not only in expenses, but also milk prices. But just having that extra cash on hand to be able to make sure that you can pay your bills. We look at the intermediate assets, which are the uh, cattle and the machinery, and then long term. And we compare that then to the liabilities. And it really opens up a lot of dairy producers' minds. And I always tell them on December 31st at 3 o'clock in the afternoon, you've got to sit down and do that balance sheet. It's just got to be done the same time every, every year in December at that time. The long term liabilities. How much of a, of a challenge is that, understanding what those long-term liabilities, and, and, and that's kind of a scary word in itself. Well, actually, all of the, uh, the borrowing that a dairy producer has, whether it be outstanding bills or borrowing from a lender, they're all liabilities. But long-term means uh, generally the, the land and also the buildings is, are what the long-term liabilities are. And then you compare that to the long-term assets, which again are the buildings and the land. And those are uh, a little easier to finance from a standpoint of a lender because uh, they don't move, they don't go away, they have increased in value, which is very positive, and lenders are able to give producers a little more longer-term loan on those particular assets, along with some interest rates that are uh, probably more attractive than looking at uh, short-term or intermediate loans. You're a lender. How does a producer and what kind of information nowadays, because agriculture has changed so much, what kind of information do you need to take into your lender to get those more attractive rates? Oh, I tell you what really would be helpful and lenders really appreciate producers coming in with a current balance sheet and possibly last year's balance sheet because you have to have two ending year. Uh, bringing in the accrual adjusted income statement is really important as well. And then a projection for this next year. What do you think things are going to be like? And then a business plan. That word scares people, and I don't mean to do that, but basically is maybe three or six different items that need to be done this next year. And then... Uh, an example of that. Well, an example might be, uh, let's uh, lower the somatic cell count on the dairy. Maybe we're at 150, let's go to 100. So what types of things specifically are we going to do on that? Uh, maybe it's adding an addition under the freestall. All right, so what, what is involved? Who's involved? 
and how long is this going to take uh, to be able to do that and who's responsible. So just having a plan of just what the dairy wants to do, again, uh, three to six different items, it doesn't have to be lengthy, but written down. And if you bring in those documents to a lender, uh, they would be just very pleased that you spent the time to do that. And it really makes them understand that you know your business. Gary Saporsky with us, and Gary, of course, uh, been in the financial industry and the agriculture, uh, VitaPlus and Citizen State Bank at Loyal for so many, many years. Now he thinks he's retired, but he's really not. As we look at, at working capital and looking at books, are you just looking at uh, the books they've got right now? Are you making recommendations? Well, first of all, the dairy producer needs to be responsible for making their own decisions. They are the owner. And there's not a lender out there that will tell them what to do. They will make suggestions. They will look at the financials uh, and have a discussion with them. Uh, but uh, dairy producers need to understand these financials in this day and age. But look at the assets that are out there on a dairy farm. These people are generating and working with huge amount of assets and huge amount of income and expenses. And right now with inflation where it is, and who knows where it's going and milk prices, volatility, uh, you really need to have a handle and take advantage of those marketing situations that are out there. When you put your uh, classes together, do you encourage one member of the operation or multi-generational members of the operation so there's more than just one person on the operation that can understand and talk about those finances? Well, these sessions are two days for around six months, all the way from November until March. It would be wonderful if we had multiple generations there. A lot of times we'll have a husband and a wife. Uh, sometimes we'll have the bookkeeper there. Other times we'll have uh, different management people that are from the farm. But multiple generations, having the next generation there to understand it as well as the first generation is extremely helpful. But just taking the time to be there involve yourself in the discussion that we have and then go home and do the homework. We find that extremely helpful and producers are very, very pleased with it. In fact, this last group that we just have, we have a test, and I don't want to scare anybody, but it's testing the understanding and we have small check quizzes in between so we make sure that, that we're all on the same page. In this last group, we've just had phenomenal scores and the people participated and it was just really a, a joy to be an instructor to see how they grasp it and the questions they ask and you know they're going to go home and run their dairy on a much more profitable level. Oh by the way we have people that have come as far from New York and Pennsylvania to these sessions, Illinois so this isn't just uh, Wisconsin people, this is all over. In fact, we've got a California person coming next year. How does a producer get involved with you, and are these uh, Zoom sessions? Do you have face-to-face -face meetings, Gary? Oh, this is all face-to-face. -face. And just go on the uh, Professional Dairy Producers website and look up financial literacy. It gives you all the information. Uh, when you see the information, uh, there's a charge, but there is an uh, assessment that producers take uh, online and it tells us what level of understanding they have. But these producers can be from any place in the country and we welcome uh, any and all. So we're about ready to end. When do we start the next round? Well, the next round starts in November. Uh, so it's, it's a ways off, but 
As we know, things come a lot faster than they should. But come November, things are starting to wind down, and then we get into the year-end numbers from the balance sheet, which is perfectly timed. We get into the accrual adjustment on the cash flows, and we do the projections that we get into in January. So the timing is real well. And once we get into those documents finished, then we talk about the ratios. What's the benchmarks that make sense? And that is where the rubber really meets the road, where producers now can compare themselves to the industry and themselves. Probably the most important benchmarks are against your own benchmarks. He knows of what she speaks, that's for sure. Financial literacy for the dairy industry. Gary Saporsky, and, and again, if you've been around Wisconsin agriculture, especially dairy, you know Gary Saporsky. He knows, as we said, of what he talks. And again, Professional Dairy Producers of Wisconsin website, the literacy page, financial literacy. Financial literacy. Just and it starts in November again, so you got time to plan. Gary Saporsky with us here at PDPW. I'm Bob Bosold. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. Do you have a history of white mold or SDS in your bean fields? While you can never predict when disease will occur, using the right seed treatments can reduce your risk of yield loss when it does. Did you know adding heads up to your seed treatment package brings a proven mode of action that primes your beans so they're ready to fight off disease all season long? Ask your seed dealer to apply Heads Up for protection against both white mold and sudden death syndrome this season. Learn more at headsupst.com. Create the floors you love this season with DIY and budget-friendly flooring from Wiseway. With Wiseway Flooring's direction, you'll only need to be moderately handy to accomplish brand new floors. I'm Mike Yenser at Wiseway Flooring, inviting you to visit our showroom in Watertown, Lake Mills, and Economwalk. See how our do-it-yourself products might be the right thing for you. Commercial or residential, the wise have it. Log on to INeedFlooringNow.com. That squeal you're hearing while you come to a stop? That's your brakes crying for help. At Tom's Auto Center, we offer five-star brake repair on all makes and models. Stop by for a brake fluid and brake inspection. If your brakes are talking to you or screaming for help, we'll diagnose it and give you a written estimate. We want you to be able to trust your brakes. Tom's Auto Center. Off Highway 51 in McFarland, a stone's throw from McDonald's. Tom Spitz and David Fink of Settlers Bank your local independent bank. We're the premier provider of commercial, treasury, mortgage, and private banking services. Our team blends experience with the latest technology to make banking easier. We provide the advice and solutions you need. To learn more, stop by or visit SettlersWI.com. Settlers Bank, timely decisions, people you know. Member FDIC, Equal Housing Lender. If your conversations always start with the weather, welcome to the Midwest Farm Report. And we love talking about the weather, especially when you tell us what you got in terms of precipitation. And by the looks of it, you're going to have plenty of opportunities this week to send in your rainfall amounts through our talk text line. And while you're at it, we are also using our talk text line to give you some Midwest horse fair passes. We're giving away a family four packs of one day passes to the fair, which is April 14th through the 16th. All you have to do is send me your address 
and I'll mail them to you. That's at 877-301-FARM, 877-301-3276. The first 10 people to text in will get the four complimentary passes to the Midwest Horse Fair. All right, it's time now for your Compere Financial Egg Weather Update with Stu Muck. Stu, the skies were clear at around 3 a.m. this morning when I looked out, but I imagine that's already changed as we get ready for some chances of rain today. Yes, some clouds will start to build back in, Stephanie. I wish there was better news. I mean, look at weather radar this morning. Rain in northern Iowa, back into southeast South Dakota. Snow in southern South Dakota. I don't think we have to talk a whole lot about that snow, but a low-pressure system is trying to drop in from the northwest, bringing a warm front up through South Dakota toward northwest Iowa. There's going to be another low building in from the west, and that system is going to move up into western Iowa into tomorrow and then head up into eastern parts of Minnesota as we make our way into Wednesday. Now, that is indeed going to mean precipitation. Some of us may see a little rain already by late today. Day, especially southwest and south central Wisconsin. And then later tonight, for almost everyone, into the day tomorrow, there'll be showers. There could be thunderstorms. The winds will get a bit more gusty as well. Boy, we sure have the spring winds this year. Wind gusts, I'd expect Tuesday up to about 30 miles per hour. Wind gusts that could be near 45 miles per hour on Wednesday. That along with rain. Overall, cut to the chase, I'd say rain amounts from late tonight through Tuesday. Oh, probably pushing up into the half or three-quarter inch range. Certainly additional moisture is going to be around. I'll have forecast details right after this. Focus on your farm in 2023 with Focus on Energy. Focus on Energy can identify energy efficiency upgrades on your farm, helping you save money on your utility bills for years to come. Get started today by contacting your energy advisor. Call 800-762-7077 or visit focusonenergy.com slash agribusiness to learn more. That's focusonenergy.com slash agribusiness. Focus on Energy, helping farmers save since 2001. Stu, you talk about the winds that we've been having so far this spring. I'll tell you what I don't like when I open my car door and then the wind slams it shut or vice versa with the house door as well. Yeah, the the storm door out the back when you push it open to carry something out and the storm door stands straight open. I won't do that. (laughs) Oh, well. Is that the only... Oh, is, well, is the wind the only issue we need to talk about, or is there other severe, I don't know, um, characteristics of the storms we're going to see this week? Well, there'll be some rain, and there is a possibility for some thunderstorm activity. I know they're talking some tornadoes possible in Iowa. Keep an eye out, especially uh, Tuesday into Tuesday night. But our Compere Financial Ag Weather Update is calling for generally a mostly cloudy day today. Could be a few more breaks in the sun for a while. That'd be great. And there is some chance of rain, a small chance late today in the southern and southwest part of the state. I'd expect temps mid-50s, a little warmer even at La Crosse. Winds become more westerly, only about 5. But overnight then, cloudy. And that chance of rain developing late in the nighttime hours, temperatures dropping back near 40 or just into the upper 30s, the east winds 5 to 15. Tuesday, cloudy, windy with showers, maybe some thunderstorms to be alert for, certainly on the breezy side. Up into the low 50s again for highs, east winds though gusting to 30, and some rain chance lasting into Wednesday, a morning shower, a thunderstorm, uh, kind of tapering off skies, trying to clear a bit, partly sunny as we head toward later in the day. Temps drop though back into the very low 50s or upper 40s, and those south winds on Wednesday could gust near 45, 
quite windy. And then you get to Thursday, Stephanie, sunny, mid-40s. Doesn't sound bad and not nearly as windy. Should feel a bit nicer, too. Signs of spring. Stu, we'll ask you more about our forecast tomorrow. Pam will be back on with you. Sounds like a plan. See you later. That's your Compere Financial Ag Weather Update. Compere Financial is your financial partner committed to agriculture and rural America. Just visit Compere.com. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. No producer wants to wake up to a sick animal, and I know firsthand. BioVet is your solution for healthier animals. A lot of care and a good dose of science goes into every formulation so you can minimize problems and keep your livestock out of the hospital pen. I'm Dr. Bill Zimmer, founder of BioVet. Microbials and nutritional support, that's BioVet. Learn more at bio-vet.com. Huh, nice. Hardwood floor. Or is it? Sounds like a floor. It's not squishy. That's good. Floors aren't supposed to squish. Goes wall to wall, like good floors do. And I'm walking all over it. Usually, a dead giveaway that it's a floor. But it's not a floor. This is a mattress. Charlie Heidel's for 52 days. People like Charlie are scattered all across Dane County. And because the need is there, so are we. This year, we'll supply nearly $400,000 in bedding, furniture, clothing, and household items to people like Charlie. Just one part of the more than $1.4 million in food, shelter, and other goods and services we provide. We're St. Vincent de Paul, helping our neighbors in need. You know who tells a great story? Our Tom's Auto Center customers, like Blake, who recently gave us a five-star review. It reads, I appreciated the emailed estimate and text message communication about the repairs. Thanks, Blake. Schedule your appointment, tomsautocenter.com. We'll make sure you get five-star service. Tom's Auto Center, Off Highway 51 in McFarland, a stone's throw from McDonald's. We all make choices. When it comes to alcohol, kids make choices whether to drink or not. Bye, Dad. Bye-bye. Remember, I'm going to Alex's party tonight and sleeping over. Hey, Em, have a seat for a second. Remind me about that party again. Alex is just and happy. adults make choices whether to talk about it. That's true of parents and every other trusted adult in a kid's life. Kids want to know our expectations when it comes to alcohol and other drugs. They want guidance and honest answers to their questions. And it makes a difference when the message is consistent and part of everyday conversations. So talk with your kids and help lead them on a positive path. Because when you talk, they hear you. For more information about talking with your kids about underage use of alcohol and other drugs, visit underagedrinking.samsa.gov. Sweeta Metal Roofing customers choose us because they don't want to worry about their roof anymore. There's no curling, it won't blow off, and you won't find granules in your gutters. It's one and done. It is the last roof you'll ever need. I'm Mike. 
and Mary Suita. Enjoy the long-lasting architectural strength and beauty of a Suita metal roof. S-W-I-T-A metalroofing.com. Suita metal roofing, the last roof you'll ever need. At Berkshire Automotive, we have a non-commissioned sales team, which is a polite way to say we don't really care whether you buy a practical Equinox, the rugged Silverado, or the speedy new Corvette. You've been told no before? Join the Bergstrom Automotive family for the yes. At Bergstrom Automotive, we teach our people to take no out of the vocabulary. Is no in your vocabulary? Uh, no. No isn't a thing at Bergstrom Automotive. Join the Bergstrom Automotive family for the yes. Hi, it's Preston from Window World. Over the past 15 years, Window World has donated more than $15 million to St. Jude's Children's Hospital. We have also supported the Veterans Airlift Command with over 120 flights. We have a strong belief in giving back and want to thank everyone who has chosen Window World for their home's renovation. When you go with Window World, you're doing a lot more than remodeling. Call us today. Shopping for that special someone can be hard. You want to make sure that gift is perfect. Jewelry is always a great go-to because it lasts forever. Place to go, Goodman's Jewelers. They have the best prices, something for every budget. They have incredible quality jewelry, one-of-a-kind pieces, diamonds, engagement rings, traditional and modern styles, and you can customize your own. Something for a Badger Packer fan? Goodman's Jewelers has it. A true icon in Madison, the city's oldest full-service jewelry store, is your family. Goodman's Jewelers. Wisconsin hockey has themselves a brand new head coach. Chris McIntosh uh, introduced him yesterday. Mike Hastings, uh, this dude, uh, 25 seasons he's been coaching, a record that includes the last 11 seasons at Minnesota State. He's got eight NCAA tournament appearances, a pair of Frozen Fours, and a championship appearance. What do we think? Not a Wisconsin guy, Barry. What do we think of the hire of Mike Hastings? Uh, big splash by McIntosh. What a what a great hire. I mean, uh, you know, obviously he got to prove himself when he comes in, but I, my phone was blowing up when I was rolling into Milwaukee, and I was like, what's going on here? And then uh, I, I was obviously driving, and, and then I, I, everyone was just chiming in. A lot of hockey guys that I know, guys from out east that know the game of hockey, were just really excited for the hire for Wisconsin hockey. I mean, the, the, when people come out and they're just texting over and over, and especially when you have college coaches that I know that, oh. that 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 are in the game, then they say, "What an awesome hire! Great guy!" And uh, so it, it it was definitely a big splash. Um, it sounds like he's just a, a per- perfect fit with Wisconsin hockey. Now, Barry, is, know, and, as a Wisconsin guy, you know we're all Wisconsin guys. You're a Wisconsin guy, obviously. Is it? Do you like the fact that they did not go with a Wisconsin quote unquote Wisconsin guy? Well, I think they could have gone either way, right? There was really one other person that was in the mix, and that was Steve Rollick at Ohio State, and, and he's, he's done a phenomenal job um, with Ohio State. I think he got to the Elite Eight, you know, this year, top eight. But uh, his name was in the mix, and other than that, there's a couple others. I mean, Andy Brandt is still there as an assistant, so yeah. that remains to be seen if he's going to stay. But at the end of the day, I mean, it's, it's, it, whether it's football, basketball, hockey, women's volleyball, it, it doesn't need to be a badger. It needs to be someone that, that, that is part of the culture, part of Wisconsin, um, you know, that, that has that type of mindset. And, and he does. He's, he's, he's going to be a hard-nosed coach. I mean, he's going to flip the switch here in terms of holding the kids accountable 
um, you know, working hard off the ice, working hard in the classroom. And that's not just coach speak. I know I once said that, you know, <laughs> I in the classroom on the ice, all that stuff. This is from what I'm seeing and what I'm hearing of uh, Mike Hastings is that he definitely puts his money where his mouth is. Uh, Barry Richter joining us right now. So Minnesota State Bear won 20 games in a season twice during its first 16 years of NCAA Division One play. Surpassed that mark, though, in all 11 seasons of Hastings' tenure. Uh, getting it done, man. MSU set a school mark with 38 victories during its run to the 2022 NCAA uh, championship game in its third 30-win season in a four-year stretch. How fast, uh, I, I know this is all conjecture right now and as, as the dust still settling, but how fast can Wisconsin turn it around, do you think, under Mike Hastings? I mean, I've- it's obviously accelerated with the portal. I mean, that, that, there's no doubt about that. But uh, the hockey portal is not as much as the basketball portal is, and, and, and leveling the playing field a little bit like that. He has said, number one, he's got to he's got to come in and just learn the players and the current team. He's got to learn the roster. He's got to learn the incoming class. He's got to understand, you know, what the team has to offer. And, and of course, the portal will play a little bit. But I, I'm not going to throw you know huge expectations for the first year to come in and just flick this thing around, but I will see, we'll see uh, a hard working team, a team that is the uh, very, very physical and um, exciting to watch uh, the team over the course of, if he keeps with the same recipe, which I'm guessing, which is the college hockey recipe of whoever wins is the players are a little bit older and uh, you know, those kinds of players that have a little bit more, now, that being said, there's going to be definitely some offensibility here, too. I'm not going to see it's not just going to be dumping out and mucking and grinding either. But he will definitely hold the kids to a higher standard and play a fast-paced hockey. So, Bear, um, you know, I, I was curious on this, thinking about it. You know, your dad, Pat Richter, um, and now Chris McIntosh kind of making his mark as athletic director. Is, uh, you know, from your personal experiences with your dad, is there like a – I'm sure there is, but like a – not not a worry, but a pride you, like your dad would carry around on, like the, I've made a change for the better in Wisconsin hockey or the Wisconsin University, kind of like maybe you know Chris McIntosh is. There's there like a is there a sense there like for the athletic director like man I really got to do right otherwise it's on me. Yeah, there's definitely. I mean, uh, you know, Mac was a former you know player here. I mean, yeah. he was on the Rose Bowl teams. I mean, he's he bleeds bad or red. So I mean, you talk about what. Fickle is done in just the, the 100 days of Luke Fickle and looking, seeing what's going on there. I mean, there's, there's definitely some moves here. And it's sort of, you know, run parallels, maybe my dad, you know, the basketball team, bringing in Stu Jackson. Here, money grows in rows. This is the Midwest Farm Report. Welcome back on a Monday morning. I'm Stephanie Hoff, filling in for Farm Director Pam Yankee. My gosh, I can't believe it's already April. And now that we've been getting rain and we've seen temperatures in the 50s, my mind is on my garden. Today in the Old Farmer's Almanac, I've got some trends that might surprise you. 54% of young adults, these are people between the ages of 18 and 34, they would rather go to a garden center than a nightclub. I just turned 25 and I can totally agree with that. And you'd probably save money going to a garden center anyway, believe it or not. 
That's what's trending in gardening in 2023, according to the old Farmer's Almanac. Speaking of trends, there are some important insurance market updates that farmers and agribusinesses should know about. Jen Pino Gallagher was recently in studio. She's the director of food and agribusiness practice at M3 Insurance. And Jen thoughtfully divided our conversation into two areas in which an agribusiness is impacted by what's happening in the insurance market, your people and your products. We start with managing people and keeping employees up to speed on risks. So business email compromise. A lot of people have heard about business email compromise as, as it relates to uh, an employee being tricked into sending funds to a bank account of a fraudster who then takes those funds and runs with it. Well, the FBI uh, issued an advisory at the end of last year. They issued it jointly with the USDA and the FDA, which is pretty unusual. And the reason why they joined forces with the USDA and FDA to get the word out is because business email compromise is now being used to actually steal products. So fraudsters are duping uh, employees at, like, let's say, a food processor or a dairy processor into actually shipping hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of product Two fraudsters. Uh, For example, in the cybersecurity advisory that the FBI sent out, they mentioned that um, in early 2022, four different fraudulent companies placed large orders for whole milk powder and non-fat dry milk from a food manufacturer. The orders were valued at almost $600,000. They were picked up by by the fraudsters. The victim company was unaware that something was wrong until they didn't receive payment. And that was that uh, fraud was uh, executed through uh, duping an employee into thinking that a request was coming from a legitimate customer. Jen, that made my jaw drop. And you're probably thinking this could never happen to me, but it can happen to anyone. But there are measures that a business can put in place to make sure that this doesn't happen. Jen, what's your advice? Well, training is key. Uh, Training your employees on how to spot fraudulent emails. A lot of times these emails look very similar to an email coming from an existing customer. Always look to double check that it is actually coming from the existing customer. So training is really important. Um, uh, Another uh, thing to look at is talk to your insurance broker to make sure that if you are a victim of this type of fraud, make sure it's covered under your cyber policy or your crime policy. Because certainly you don't want to add insult to injury and, and lose hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of product and then also discover that they aren't covered. So training and talking to your broker. Switching over to a separate topic when it comes to trends in the insurance industry, uncertainty right now regarding product insurance here in Wisconsin. And Jen, this results from a Wisconsin Supreme Court case. Can you give us some more details on what's happening there? I will. So uh, let's go back in time to 2016. The Wisconsin Supreme Court heard a case in 2016 and ruled on a case. It's called Wisconsin Pharmacol versus Nebraska Cultures. The case involved um, the incorporation of um, a product into a supplement tablet. It was the incorrect product. As a result, the supplement tablet had to be recalled. So a court case ensued about whether that claim would be covered under the insurance. This court ruled that integrating a defective product did not constitute property damage. So as a result, Food processors in the state of Wisconsin are left with uncertainty about whether their product liability claims will be covered. So to give you an example, let's say a dairy processor sends whey protein powder. It's contaminated or it has something in it that causes it to damage the granola bar that it goes into. Before 2016, the expectation is that 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 claim would be covered by insurance. 
But now, given the Supreme Court ruling, it's creating uncertainty as to whether the claim would actually be covered. What's the message maybe to put agribusinesses at ease about whether or not uh, their products are covered in, in this case? So there, there are now um, a limited number of insurance solutions to fix this coverage gap. So the most important thing, if you are a, a food processor, a dairy, pro- dairy processor, making any type of ingredient that goes into a finished product, be aware that this court case exists. Be aware that it's creating uncertainty and talk to it about your insur- with your insurance broker. There are insurance product solutions that will fill this gap to help minimize the uncertainty should a claim arise. So there is a a challenge out there created by the Supreme Court case, but there are also now some solutions available to food processors. Jen Pino Gallagher taking some time in studio with us. She's the Director of Food and Agribusiness Practice at M3 Insurance. If you're just joining us on a Monday morning, we are giving away family four packs of one-day passes to the Midwest Horse Fair on April 14th, 15th, and 16th. All you have to do is text me your address. Text your address to our talk text line at 877-301-FARM. That's 877-301-3276. The first 10 people to text their address, I will send you four one-day complimentary passes to the Midwest Horse Fair. Again, April 14th, 15th, and 16th. Our talk text line number is 877-301-3276. Three two seven six, And now let's take a look at our markets on a Monday morning. From Chicago, cash corn is up four and a half cents at 665. December new crop corn is up a nickel and a half at 572. Cash soybeans are up seven and a quarter cents at 1512 and three quarters. And November new crop beans are up four and a half cents, trading at 1324 and a quarter. Cash wheat is up a nickel and a quarter at 697 and a half. And July new crop wheat is up a nickel and a half at 710. Currently, the May Class 3 milk contract is up four cents at 18.51 a hundredweight. Spring weather can really throw us for a loop. We get high temperatures one day and then a foot of snow the next. And this means you've got to keep an eye on your calf barns. Courtney Halbach is the outreach specialist for the Dairyland Initiative with the School of Veterinary Medicine in Madison. And she says she gets a lot of questions this time of year about managing ventilation in the calf barn and when to start opening up. Most of our calf barns are naturally ventilated, meaning that we're relying on either thermal buoyancy to help drive air movement in the barn or opening up sidewall curtains to try and maximize wind coming into the barn to help create that air movement, air exchange. And as the temperature gets warmer, we're going to want to start opening up those curtains. Once we start hitting about 40 degrees consistently inside the barn, I'd like to see those curtains to be opened. She also says make sure that barn thermometer is not sitting in the sunlight and make sure it's cleaned off so that you're getting an accurate read. We'll hear from a Wisconsin dairy farmer with a national title next. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. The nightmare of working with some contractors is much like being on a bad date. They take forever to return your call. When they do show up, they leave your house a mess, and then they throw in weird surprises. Swipe left. Actuate Improvement is a full-service design and remodeling company who does return your calls, leaves your property clean, and never any awkward surprises. Swipe right, and let's get the conversation started with a complimentary estimate. ActuateLLC.com. Design. Create. Actuate. 
Pest control? You've got a guy for that. Car repairs? You probably have a guy for that as well. For someone to custom design a unique piece of jewelry for you, or help your current pieces look sparkling fresh? That needs to be William Thomas Custom Jewelry. Affordable and local. William Thomas Custom Jewelry will help you create a desirable, one-of-a-kind piece that you'll be proud to wear for years to come. William Thomas Custom Jewelry. Your inspiration, your custom jeweler. Is your biggest fear of having dermal filler in the face looking overdone? You are not alone. A Skincare Minute with skincare expert Michelle Neeson. Dermal filler treatments at Rejuvenation Clinic of Sauk Prairie restore fullness and fill in wrinkles in areas of the face, such as the cheeks, under eyes, lips, and around the mouth. It's very difficult to look overdone with non-surgical dermal fillers due to the amount that's typically injected. Did you know that one syringe of filler equals one-fifth of a teaspoon? One fast food ketchup packet is equivalent to eight syringes. As long as your treatment is performed by a skilled medical professional, you should have the natural looking results you desire. Let your natural beauty shine through. Visit us at rejuvenationclinicofsaukprairie.com. Did the chickens come home to roost last night? We'll find out. This is the Midwest Farm Report. I'm Stephanie Hoff, rounding out the show with you on a Monday morning. The state of Wisconsin is well represented at the national level. Kyle and Rachel Zwig of Exonia were named National Outstanding Young Farmers earlier this spring. They operate Zwig's Maple Acres, a seventh-generation dairy farm that was purchased from the state of Wisconsin in 1856. The family milks about 70 cows using robotics, and they have autonomous technology to manage 1,500 acres of cropland. Kyle Zwig tells me that their open approach to technology and conservation or some of the qualities that led them to win their national outstanding title. He starts with an overview of the competition. In 2022, we competed with a panel of finalists for the state uh, Wisconsin Outstanding Young Farmer Award and uh, were just absolutely thrilled to win, especially um, uh, seeing how many worthy people we were competing against in just the state one alone. Uh, the state has a really robust, uh, outstanding young farmer program. And then the year following for 2023, this year, the state submits our application or submitted our application uh, to the national organization and through a competitive hierarchy again, um, I think there were 30 original candidates submitted and they picked 10 uh, finalists through a competitive application as well and send those 10 finalists to the national conference, which was uh, located in uh, Appleton this year. So we attended that and spent a weekend, excuse me, five days actually with the other 10 finalists. And uh, on Saturday night, the awards banquets were once again thrilled and I'm shocked to have won one of four positions for winners of the National NOIF Award. Let's talk about the personal and professional developments that set you apart as an outstanding young farm and farmer. One of those being conservation, which has been a priority for this family farm. Can you tell me more about uh, what you have implemented here? One of the biggest things we've implemented, obviously we have a lot of conservation-based practice implementation, but I think the largest and kind of the pinnacle to me of our 
of the conservation regarding our own personal operation is uh, the easement that we sold on our homestead property back in 2010. Uh, This was done through a combination of partnerships, specifically with the state of Wisconsin, the DATCAP branch of the government with uh, Tall Pines Conservancy, a private nonprofit. We were selected through the state's uh, Purchase of Agricultural Conservation Easement program amongst uh, 14 other candidates at the time to be a pilot farm for this. And we applied for funding through them and the nonprofit Tall Pines to uh, sell this easement and uh, protect our farm as an operating uh, farmland parcel for perpetuity. Uh, And that really gelled well with our family goals and our personal, what we strive for personally, just to continue this 150 plus year old uh, farm into the future. One of the biggest changes I think over time is that today things are done autonomously. Let's talk about the dairy tech first. This is pretty cool for me to, to see, not just that a robot is milking the cows, but it's also making sure that they're being milked when they're supposed to and eating when they're supposed to by kind of routing them through a gate system. In our barn, the cow, uh, everything is based out of the cow, off the cow's RFID tag. And when she gets up, our barn is laid out in a circle with a series of one-way gates where when she comes to a, a pre-placed uh, sort gate, the gate reads her ear tag and based upon her last milking interval, either directs her to a small pen where the only exit is through the robot or back to the feed bunk where she just continues eating or laying down at her free will. Now, what this does is it really increases the ability of you to manage the cow's milking interval one and also time allocation of the unit. So one thing we were disappointed with when we were doing early touring was uh, a lot of robotic farms, they all average, most farms, robotic farms, regardless of style, can average three milkings per cow per day. But when you dive into the data a little more and you look at the range of milkings per cow per day, um, some of the early barns or free flow barns had a huge range anywhere from one to five milkings per day to come up with that three milking average. Now the sort gate narrows that up to a very tight window, actually as tight as you want, because the cow passes through that electronic sort gate roughly 16 times a day. So you can really narrow in down to the hour when you want that cow to be able to be milked. You collect all this data, all this information, what are you doing with it? How are you using it for better management? Well, that's probably the million dollar question, right? It can be data overload. The unit's sensor capability and the barn's collection capability, you have to parse through what's useful and what's not. And that's where you know the, the ability of the software and the importance of the software comes in. You compared it to quarterback stats, almost like you're developing a a team, right? Specifically the utter health data, the sensory revolved around the milk analysis. So that would be somatic cell conductivity and infrared. Uh, The software allows those data points to be combined on a, not only just combined, but also on a per quarter basis, per milking basis, per day basis. So that creates indexes that I referenced as similar to a quarterback rating 
that uh, can give you health date, health information, production information relating to the cow and trends amongst those uh, data sets as well. So that's what's happening in the dairy barn. The other thing you mentioned was uh, the spray drone technology that has been able to kind of ease the, the labor strains for mm-hmm. your family. Yeah, all all these things in combination, not any, you know, it's not huge in any one particular equipment implementation other than the robot itself. That was pretty large. But um, the the spray drone or the autonomous uh, spreading and spray drone, we essentially are only just scratching the surface of what may be capable of these things as they develop and continue to be improved upon. Whereas we entered the robot for the milking in, I would consider more the second generation. We entered the autonomous drones more in the first generation. So there's a lot of improvement and uh, change coming, but it is more than evident that they will be overtaking some amount of field operations from uh, traditional rigs. The easiest place to implement these where it is the biggest no-brainer is in fungicide application on corn. They are very good at doing that, which is a very low application rate per acre. And it's a very tight time window when these applications have to be done and there's not enough pilots or planes or helicopters to begin with. That is where you're going to see a lot of the growth in usage of these things first. And then also micronutrient applications, herbicide applications that um, are legal. The second biggest area will probably be in cover crop seeding where uh, you can go now into standing crop without damaging anything and uh, extend your application window to when there is growing crop on the land. Yeah, and keeping you out of the mud. Yes, <laughs> yes, yeah, and keeping you out of the mud. You doesn't matter if it rained four inches before you fly over a field with a drone. It, it makes no difference. Is there anything next for the Zwig family farm? Anything new you've got your eye on? Or are you still basking in the glory of being the <laughs> National Outstanding Young Farmer? <laughs> well, I feel like... Um, I feel like even though I'm 35, I start to get progressively more tired, <laughs> but there are, I'm, we're pretty relentless. I, um, I'm very interested. I've been watching another farm implementing um, an autonomous TMR mixer that uh, I am keeping very close tabs on. In fact, there's a few. One of them is a pretty well-known YouTuber, and uh, the other one is in northern Wisconsin, and that would be something that I could see happening in the next five years potentially, just kind of continuing to um, compound on that labor decrease in efficiency. Kyle Zwig chatting with me at the home farm. Zwig's Maple Acres in Exonia. His family is hosting the Watertown Agribusiness Club Dairy Breakfast in June, and he invites folks to come out to see the farm for that event. We've got the details posted at MidwestFarmReport.com. Thanks for taking along with me on a Monday. I'm Stephanie Hoff. We're getting put out to pasture for today. Back tomorrow morning. This is the Midwest Farm Report.